When I took him on walks, I saw poo around and I saw other plastic bags around. I saw it on the beach. I started to see it everywhere. There's got to be a better way. And so I thought, is there a way that I could use Bailey's poo to make my garden grow better? I had about 27 kilos of poo sludge to divide up between the eight bins. And I did that in the midst of a heat wave. So it was really, really smelly. There was just no evidence to say that composting could be a solution. Welcome to Impact, a CQ University podcast where our experts unpack their latest research in easy to understand language. We discover how these researchers are creating solutions to some of the world's most complex challenges. Subscribe now to CQ University podcasts so you don't miss an episode and join the conversation on CQ University's social media. It wasn't so long ago that humanity's biggest problem with dog poo was finding it on our front lawn, or perhaps even stepping on some when we went for a walk in the park. But now, fastidious owners of Australia's 4.8 million dogs are committed to scooping poop, which means their faeces, often wrapped in plastic bags, is piling up on our landfill with many negative environmental consequences. So is there a sustainable alternative? I'm Dr Bradley Smith, a psychology researcher and senior lecturer with CQ University. I study all things canids, both wild and domestic. I, study, I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out how canids see and interact with the world around them. And because canids are one of the most adapted species on the planet, and also happens to be one of the most successful or the domesticated species, I often find myself looking at how dogs interact with humans. Surprisingly, given the number of dogs that we live with and the premise that what goes in must come out, that the topic of dog poo doesn't come up more often. In the past, dogs have certainly eaten our own poo and have often been referred to as campsite cleaners for this very reason. But I'm keen to learn a lot more about the role of dog poo in today's society and some of the issues and potential solutions around what we do or can do with all of it. So today on Impact, I'm excited to be talking to my CQ University Adelaide colleague and PhD researcher, Emily Bryson. She's exploring how dog poo breaks down in compost and what treatments could ensure that it's safe for our gardens as well. Welcome, Emily. Hi, Brad. Great to be here. So we're all used to the idea of animal droppings being good for growing, whether that's manure from horses or cows or chickens. So why can't I just chuck my dog poo into my compost heap or even straight in my garden? Well, the simple answer is we don't know because nobody's actually really looked at this before. So if you go onto council websites or if you do a Google search right now and you ask, um, can I put dog poo in my garden? Chances are you're gonna get a lot of results that say no, but there's no evidence to back that up. So what we know about animal feces in general is that it can contain pathogens. So it can contain bacteria and uh, intestinal parasites that can make people sick. Different animals may have different pathogens. We know that um, in general, dogs have a similar diet to humans. So they can have the same sorts of pathogens that we do. But we just don't know how that's gonna translate from their poo into our gardens. And so we don't actually know if we can compost it yet. The general consensus is that don't do it just to be safe. But I think that we're missing the point because if we could compost it, that would actually be really, really good for the environment. Yeah, especially given the amount of dogs, the amount of poo we're talking about. I, I looked after my friend's Great Dane 
once and uh, just the sheer volume of poo from that one dog uh, would would certainly do wonders for, for many gardens, I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, I, I also remember when my wife was pregnant and we were told um, that, you know, pregnant women shouldn't be picking up dog poo for, for the same kind of reasons in case they, you know, pick up anything from the, for the dog feces. Is that kind of part of that same narrative about this whole dog, dog poo is dangerous idea? I think that's, uh, yeah, a, a public and environmental health precaution that, um, that we like to take. Um, but again, we're just not quite sure what's in it and, and how much of the bad bacteria is in it for us to, um, to worry about those sorts of risks. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm looking at is um, what are the bacterial pathogens um, that might be harmful if we put it in our gardens. And I'm looking specifically at bacteria that are uh, foodborne. So salmonella and pathogenic E. coli, things that will cause gut problems. And also I'm looking at some dog uh, parasites. So Toxicara and uh, dog hookworm, which are pretty common if you don't treat your dogs with worming tablets. So I'm looking at that uh, in the lab to see what I can find before I compost it. And then I'm testing again after I compost it to see what's left. Enjoying this episode? Subscribe to Seek University's podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, rate, review, and share. Uh, is it the idea that all dog poos aren't created equal? And I, and I mean, for example, you know, some dogs have poor diets, some dogs have health issues, some dogs aren't vaccinated. So would this mean that, you know, some poo would be good for the garden and some you know, not good for the garden, or some would contain more of those pathogens than others? Yeah, it's possible. We're not quite sure what to be looking for at the moment. So I've read some studies about dogs who are fed a raw diet, and they tend to have more issues with salmonella in their gut. Um, But for this study, I'm trying to look at healthy dogs, and I'm getting poo from dog daycares. So when you take a dog to dog daycare, you need to make sure that they're vaccinated and that they're given a regular worming tablet. So I'm getting poo from dogs with all sorts of different varied diets, dogs um, who are uh, different breeds, different ages. So they might be taking other medications as well. Um, But yeah, generally healthy. And Emily, I'm pretty sure you've got a dog. And is your dog sick of you looking at her poo? Yeah, Bailey, um, he's my little uh, research assistant. Um, He's used to me picking up his poo for sure. Uh, But I think that at this point, it's been going on so long that I feel like he's taking a sense of pride in the project. So he feels like he is contributing to, to the work that's happening. And was he an inspiration for part of this project? Absolutely, absolutely. So... The whole thing started um, a few years ago when uh, I started looking at my own sustainability practices. I think a lot of us right now are a bit overwhelmed and feeling quite helpless about the climate crisis and what we can do as individuals to try and help. So I was looking at my own practices in my household uh, with waste. And one of the things that I noticed pretty early on was the poo that uh, that Bailey was producing. And I thought, okay, so what am I doing here? I'm picking it up and I'm putting it in a bag 
and then I'm putting it in the bin. So what sort of bag am I using and where is this actually going to go? And then when I took him on walks, I saw poo around and I saw other plastic bags around. I saw it on the beach. I started to see it everywhere. And it was really quite overwhelming to me. And I thought, look, there's got to be a better way. When I started looking on the internet, um, there was just no evidence to say that composting could be a solution. But I know that we compost other animals' manure. I mean, I even use pelletized chicken manure on my home veggie garden. So I thought, is there a way that I could use Bailey's poo to make my garden grow better? And is that going to hurt me? So yeah, he's definitely been an inspiration. And so how, how does one get from you know, making that observation in, in their home to tackling a PhD on the topic. I'd, I'd love to hear about, you know, where you've come from and, and, you know, how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just started doing research. I was doing a graduate certificate in permaculture through CQ Uni at the time, which was uh, coursework based. So we were looking a lot at uh, waste and sustainability practices, things that can be done on an individual and community level. Um, what I wasn't finding was a lot of evidence base, uh, so peer-reviewed scientific evidence on animal manure that wasn't farm animals. So there wasn't a whole lot of information on what pet owners can do to help mitigate the impacts of that sort of waste. Um, I'm a big fan of Tim Minchin, and in one of his song lyrics, he mentions that a dog has a bigger carbon footprint than a four-wheel drive. And that line just stuck with me. And I thought, what is the carbon footprint of our dog waste, and how can we fix that? So I thought, look, nobody else is researching this, so I'm going to do it. So I started looking at the types of risks of dog poo what people are finding in dog parks, in sandboxes, um, elsewhere in the world. What are the issues? What are people doing? And they weren't doing a whole lot. Some people are trying to do composting, but they're either doing it on a community scale in dog parks, which have had mixed results, or they're doing composting in the lab. And that's where things got a little bit tricky for me because when I started to do composting here at home of dog feces, I wasn't finding the same results that they were finding in the studies in the lab. And that makes a big difference because the types of pathogen reduction they were finding um, were in ambient conditions where they could use insulated containers and they could get a lot more heat but I'm composting outside where most people compost and there's temperature changes and there's different levels of humidity. So I wasn't getting the same results. And I thought we need a really good baseline of information to find out what is possible, what might happen in compost. And from there, we can start to improve things. So are you turning your backyard into a kind of scientific experiment with dog poo and composting? Is that is that what you're saying? Yep, absolutely. Can you <laughs> what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So in my back garden, I have a trestle table and it has eight composting vessels and they are plastic 25 liter water containers, which is actually a really, really small volume for compost. But it's early days and I just wanted to see how this pilot trial is going to go. And they all have sawdust, dog poo, 
and commercial compost in there as an inoculant to get things started. One variation has some compost worms in it and another variation has a bokashi mix and that's um, a type of fermented sawdust that uh, you can use to help um, add extra microbes and help break things down faster. So how far in are you and what have you found? So I'm actually doing my second pilot trial at the moment and I started that in January. Uh, the first pilot trial I did last year for seven months and this one has been going on for yeah about 10 months. Um, I'm finding some interesting things. Um, I'm finding that sawdust is an amazing amendment to help keep the smell away. So when I set this up last January, I had about 27 kilos of poo sludge to divide up between the eight bins. And I did that in the midst of a heat wave. So it was really, really smelly. And I added the sawdust in, mixed it all up. Within a week, everything was neutralized. I couldn't smell anything, which is awesome. Um, it's not mature yet. And I think that's one of the things that people generally have a question about with compost, whether it's dog poo or manure related, um, or whether it's just your kitchen scraps, is when is compost ready? When can you actually use it? So I'm using um, a type of test called a Solvita test, and it's a color changing probe. So you pop it in a jar with the compost and you wait and see what color it turns and that will tell you how mature your compost is. So not quite ready yet, but hopefully by the end of the year, this batch will be ready for testing. And what does testing involve? What are you actually looking for? What do you hope to find? Uh, yep, yeah, so testing is going to look at uh, the pathogen reduction. So looking at those salmonella and the E. coli and the dog parasites. Um, I'm also sending it to a lab that looks at commercial compost. So I'm doing the full spectrum of quality testing that commercial composters would do because I want to compare and see how that measures up. So they look for heavy metals um, and uh, the different types of plant nutrients. Um, so yeah, we'll have a look at that and see um, if it's actually good quality compost. So beyond your composting, is there any other elements or aspects of the project that you that you are you know about to embark on next or have been doing? Yes, yes, absolutely. So this idea came about uh, from my own personal experience, and I wanted to know what other people's experience was. So what are other Australian pet owners doing with their dog's poo? So I ran a survey uh, earlier this year for four months across um, all Australian dog owners. And I actually got a really, really good response. I got over 1,100 responses uh, from every state, from urban and regional and rural areas. And people were really, really open to telling me what, uh, what they were doing and what their concerns were. So I've done this survey, I've got some really good information from that. And I'm also doing um, a worm toxicity trial in my laundry at the moment because of COVID. So one of the questions people want to know is if they give their dog a worming tablet, does the poo from their dog then have an effect on compost earthworms? And I thought, yeah, that really is a good question. Once again, you search the literature and nobody's looked at this. <laughs> so that's speaking like a true scientist, Emily. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, um, 
Compost earthworms are used in lots of different ways. And I found that a lot of dog owners are trying to compost using earthworms, but they're just not sure if they can give their dog a worm tablet or put the poo into these systems, if it's gonna have an effect. Uh, there's a lot of mixed information on the internet about it, uh, but nothing evidence-based. So you found out what owners do with their poo, but what are your, what's your take, what's your feeling about the likelihood that someone's going to take the dog for a walk, pick up the poo, and then bring it home and, and compost it? You know, are, are people willing and, and happy to give that a go? What, what's your feeling around that? Actually, I was really surprised with the results of the survey. I do this myself, and I thought, look, I'm a really committed owner, and I love to compost, so I'm probably an exception here. But that wasn't the case. Um, what I found was that almost a quarter of people who responded do take that poo back home to dispose of it. And I thought that was a pretty big number. Um, I found that um, people who pick up dog poo within their household, uh, well over 90% are doing that. And about the same amount are collecting uh, away from home as well. And I think one of the biggest things that you're tackling and have had some success is the smell. And it reminds me of, um, you know, composting toilets for, for humans. You know, we use a cup of sawdust or whatever, and that that seems to eliminate or neutralize some of the smell. So I think if you can tackle some of those concerns, that be a positive step. So if this is successful and that it is good to, to compost uh, dog poo and, you know, put in your yard and it's, and it's safe, et cetera, is this the solution that you're seeing for just households? So the everyday mum and dad dog owners, or are you thinking this might have bigger implications, I guess? Well, I certainly hope that it has uh, larger implications. I think starting at home is a good place. Um, I think once we um, find out how to make this safe and useful in our veggie gardens, then we can start expanding it to places like animal shelters and doggy daycares where I'm actually getting the poo from. I found that collecting poo from the daycares uh, was um, awkward at first, but once I got to know them, it was, they were really quite willing to give it to me. It's not something that they want to deal with. And they're very, very good at hygiene. So I feel like that would be a really good next step because they have a, a large amount of dog poo. Same with the animal shelter. So if we can get them composting in a safe way, they can then use that compost on site or in a local community garden places like that, where you can actually take the waste and turn it into something really beneficial. I'm a scientific director at a dingo sanctuary, and they, they have about 40 dingoes. They have a lot of um, dingo poo. And what they do is they sell it or give it to organizations or places to spread around their, their properties because it keeps the pests away. You know, foxes and cats and and uh, possums don't like this, the smell, you know, because they know there's a dingo around, so they, they bugger off. There's lots of implications, I guess, for the use of poo. That's fabulous. I hadn't heard of that. That's a great idea. So the relationship between humans and dogs can be traced back, you know, 10 to 15,000 years. Does it surprise you that there isn't already a solution for the challenge of what to do with dog poo? Or, you know, why hasn't somebody before Emily Bryson uh, worked out that we can compost dog poo? You know, what do you feel about that? Um, I think that, yeah, I was a bit surprised at first, but um, thinking about it, in the past, dogs used to go away to do their business. And now that dogs are living closer and closer to humans and in urban areas, they're just 
more around us. And so in order to keep things hygienic, we're using a lot more plastic. And plastic is one of those things that, that is quite new. So people actually are using a lot of plastic bags, whether they're conventional plastic bags or biodegradable ones or compostable ones to pick up and dispose of dog poo. And that is something that is quite new. And I think that is something that people haven't really thought about. When people and councils think about responsible dog ownership, what they're expecting is for people to remove dog poo responsibly. And that is essentially taking it away from where it is and putting it in the bin. But that's not truly responsible if that waste is then going to the landfill, which is actually going to contribute to greenhouse gases, and it's using fossil fuels from plastics for a single use. In the survey, again, I found that people are generally using biodegradable or conventional plastic bags to pick up dog poo over compostable bags. So this becomes a problem because these bags do break down into microplastics. So if they're left in the environment, you've got that extra plastic pollution. If it goes into landfill, once again, it's polluting. So that's not exactly a, a responsible practice. It's a shame that we haven't done something before, but if not now, when? Well, you're at the <laughs> forefront of this topic. How excited are you going to be if you discover the, uh, you know, the, the answer to, and the solution to all these problems? I think it'll be great. I think that there's still a lot more to be done. What I'm doing is very early days, but I would love to see more people getting involved in composting and being able to use it in their, their households and their communities. The outcomes of this research could be a game changer, altering the way we manage dog poo and flipping the script so that we see it as an environmental savior rather than destroyer is a really innovative idea. Just bringing the environmental cost of disposing of dog poo into the public conversation is a step in the right direction for change. And I wish you all the best with your research. Emily Bryson, thanks for joining us on CQU Impact and thank you for listening. I know I've learned a lot and I look forward to hearing what comes next. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. To find out more about how CQ University is changing lives through real-world research, check out our website in the description and remember to subscribe to CQ University podcasts so you don't miss an episode.